Will DeMonte Casey have a big free agent market and are the Cowboys planning on using Tony Pollard as their slot receiver in 2022? All that and more in this episode of the Locked on Cowboys podcast. You are Locked on Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And I'm joined by, of course, Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Uh, Landon, we've got a lot of rumors and notes to get through from the NFL Combine. Uh, but any any big news or anything surprise you over the last couple of days? I know we haven't had testing yet. It's going to happen later this afternoon, recording this on Thursday. But anything noteworthy from the Combine yet? Oh, it's it's hand size season again. Uh, it's uh, whether you care about it a little, whether you care about it none, whether all you care about is that other people care about it too much or that other people care about it too little. Uh, it's definitely time to get into Twitter and yell at each other about whether hand sizes matter. So outside of that, no, there's lots. I mean, you know, it's the first day you start getting some 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 whispers. We're going to talk about some of the stuff, uh, but I don't know that there was anything like earth shattering necessarily more just like whispers in the wind. Yeah, there was some wide receiver uh, heights and weights that we were tweeting out. Just some that were interesting, but nothing dramatic or completely shocking. Like we kind of have an idea of these guys at this point. Yeah. Uh, now the testing numbers, that'll be a different uh, story. We'll oh, yeah. talk about some of those tomorrow uh, once we watch the drills and stuff tonight. But uh, let's get to some of the news and notes. I want to first start with a guy that is on the Cowboys roster currently, DeMonte Casey, according to mm-hmm. Matt Lombardo uh, of Fansided. He's talked to people down there at the at the NFL Combine, uh, a lot of whispers about what's going to happen in free agency, and he's hearing that DeMonte Casey, the Cowboys free safety, is going to have a big, big market uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Is that surprising to you? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I, I, I thought that he played okay last year, but, I mean, also I felt like he was playing at a level that Hooker probably could have replaced, should have, and should have replaced him more near the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I think that he, you look at his resume and, and his career. Uh, I, I think that you can convince yourself if you're a front office that, hey, this is a guy that had seven interceptions, you know, X amount of years ago. Yep. He's finally healthy. He's coming off of a, a, he played a full year without having to any kind of repercussions from that horrible injury. And, 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 and to his credit, came back at an incredible pace from that yeah, injury yeah. Uh, way earlier. I mean, just look at the, you know, the time frame of him versus uh, Malik Hooker on that. Uh, and it's, and it's incredible just how quickly he was able to come back. But as far as whether, you know, uh, he's deserving or, or, or based on the Cowboys side of things, I'm not like dying to re-sign him. No, uh, no. But I think if the idea is that, Hey, there's a free safety out there who has ball skills, uh, who may be coming in uh, with uh, with a, a healthy year under his belt. Maybe the market's he- heavier for him because there aren't a lot of those types of players. I could see that. Uh, but I, I just, you know, when I look at him or like Jesse Bates, like those guys are not kind of in the same no, category at right. all or the same tier at all. But 
I wonder if there'll be a lot of people that are interested in signing him on a one year, let's say $6 million deal or $7 million deal because outside of the torn Achilles, he's never missed a game in his NFL career. And now you're getting him in year two, kind of coming off that injury. He's got insane ball production, right? Over the last four years, uh, he's got 12 interceptions uh, and he's plays and he has a bunch of snaps under his belt. I can see a team just feeling like, you know what? Let's just give him a one-year deal. We know he can he's a capable starter, and let's move on to a different position. I, I, I can see it. Do it. Sign him for big money. Let's get that comp pick coming in next week, next year. Because, I mean, I, I, look, I, I thought he played admirably for the Cowboys. The Cowboys just happened to sign three safeties last offseason that all were playing pretty well. And then they also already had Wilson in the fold. So, uh, maybe we are underappreciating him, but uh, to be honest, it, it felt like near the end, I wanted to see more of Hooker. Uh, uh, that's and, exactly my point. And, right? and less of KZ. So I, I'm not exactly sad to see him go, but I do certainly wish him well on his way. If the money is the same, who would you rather have, Malik Hooker or Devontae KZ? Hooker, I think. I mean, I, I think he just got a guy who finally the getting prices healthy. won't be the same, by the way. Yeah. They, they're not going to be the same. Hooker's going to be significantly cheaper. And he probably should be because of the injury history, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I think I, I'm willing to take a, ga- a gamble, and it still is a gamble at this point with Hooker yeah. uh, that, that he's going to continue to ascend, and, and, and if he can stay healthy, uh, continue to be a very useful, versatile player for the Cowboys. There are a ton of teams out there with excess amount of cap space. And what, what ends up happening in free agency is the middle-tier guys, and I kind of consider Casey a middle-tier guy, right? Like, sure. he, he's been a, a veteran for a while now. They end up getting paid more than they should, where he probably should be a one-year, four to five million dollar player. Wouldn't be shocking if like the Chargers gave him a one-year eight million dollar deal. Like that's that's kind of what happens in free agency, right? And it doesn't hurt you long term. It gives you a solid starter. I can understand why somebody might do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we are living in this age where there's uh, you know four or five teams that have just absolutely absurd amount of caps cap space. And they don't usually, you know, use that in a way where they're signing top end guys at crazy yep. deals. They're usually using that money by bullying the middle of the market and, and you know, kind of trying to get up like guys. eight eight guys that can play or start, right? Yeah. And I actually, I mean, just to use the Chargers for example. I, I think that's a, a what they probably should be doing because their top end talent is really good, but the middle of that roster is awful. And if you can get somebody like Casey on a somewhat cheap deal and it doesn't prevent you from doing anything long-term, why not? Yeah, why not? I, I, I definitely – if the Cowboys didn't – honestly, almost any other year, I would say the Cowboys should sign KZ. It's just that I feel like they found something in Hooker that could really work. He's probably going to be cheaper. Uh, and and I just feel like you know there's the Cowboys are in a decent spot, especially if they can resign Curse too. So this Absolutely. is one of the few years where the Cowboys would not be necessarily as interested in signing KZ. And we've got our guy uh, Israel Mukamu. Mukamu is uh, going to come back. Yeah, Tyler Coyle. 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 Th- like, oh, I think there's... he got hurt at the end of the year, right? Yeah, that's right. Actually, I think because he was playing some special teams for them. So, but I, I mean, the point is, is that they they, you know, they, they have, have answers here yeah. more than they've ever had in a while. Right. Uh, all right, let's get to some rumors that we're hearing from the Combine. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest odds, totals, players' performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Lana, one of my favorite things to do is scroll through Twitter late, late uh, at night when everybody at the scouting combine has had a couple drinks in them because we, we start to learn some things that people are talking about. Uh, and I actually want to read a tweet that I saw last night uh, about the Cowboys. It, this is a tweet from at roster watch, uh, a really good follow actually on Twitter. Uh, they are down uh, in Indianapolis. And he said, uh, the Cowboys have been linked to Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum, but we're told he isn't part of the plan. It, it likely means Dallas feels strongly that he'll be off the board more than indicating they wouldn't have interest. Do you buy that? The, the which part? <laughs> the, the fact that he won't be there? Uh, well, I think that I would not be surprised if he wasn't there. You know, I, I mean, I, I think we're all kind of anticipating that he will be there because of, you know, the, the many extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. that we're dealing with, undersized, playing a, a position that there's, you know, uh, that there's just not a lot of there, there's only certain there's only 32 spots yeah. in the whole yeah. league for uh and and uh, you know the fact that he's uh, a uh kind of generational t- t- type of player except for the fact that creed humphrey came out last year and though everyone considers creed humphrey the generational yeah. type player so i think that there that his stock is predictably all, all over the place uh, so we've been kind of, uh, you know, talking about it the other way, like, oh, there's a good chance that he'll fall. There's a good chance that he'll fall. There is also a chance that he won't fall, yeah. you know, yeah. and that, you know, someone like the Eagles or, or someone that needs us that might need a center goes out and gets a guy like that. So I, I, so I, I do believe that. And I certainly do believe that the Cowboys should be interested here. I mean, he fits what they want to do in a lot of ways. We talked about previously that the Cowboys are not quite the full zone blocking team right. that they were previously, but that doesn't mean that you can't get Tyler Linderbaum. Right. right. Uh, so uh, I think that there are ways to talk yourself in and out of this situation, you know, in equal measure. I I think it's so. I, I'm interested. To, I'm interested that the Cowboys are interested, uh, and I think it makes some sense. Uh, I also am very fascinated by the fact that they don't seem to believe that he'll make it down to them at 24. All right. This one kind of ties it. Actually, I'm going to tie two of these together um, because they're both fascinating. Uh, Among the top offensive linemen in this class, so the Cowboys only have 60 formal interviews at the combine, which actually seems like a lot. And I know they talk to everybody, but of, of the top offensive linemen, including uh, Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, Trevor Penning, Ed Ingram. The Cowboys have had zero formal interviews with those guys. It's also worth mentioning that John Mashota at The Athletic said that Lyle Collins is not going to be moving to left guard this offseason. He's going to stick at right guard. He's been pretty emphatic about it. Uh, He's going to stay at right tackle, uh, and he's going to compete with Terrence Steele for that spot. Does that surprise you? Is there a chance that maybe the Cowboys don't feel like their offensive line is a concern? It's an interesting thought. Here's how you can make it work, right? If the Cowboys have plans to sign a free agent left guard this Mm. offseason, and if they plan on keeping Leo Collins at right tackle, 
That means they still have Terrence Steele, right? He's still, as far as, far as I know, he's still under an exclusive rights free agent. Yeah, he's got two more years left on his deal. Yeah, so he's still very locked in with the Cowboys. I, you know, you could easily make a, a, an argument that if the Cowboys are willing to spend a little bit of money to sign a free agent left guard, that they don't need to make any more additions there. Okay, what know? if it's not even a starter caliber, but it's a guy that's got a bunch of experience in the league that they feel like if we have this guy and Connor McGovern at left guard, we're okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's another route that they could easily go. I, I, I do think that they could easily go the route of of you know not feeling that the draft had to be the answer for that position because you know you don't have like they say you don't have to have a steak meal on every plate um i I think that the cowboys like a lot of what connor mcgovern does but i don't think they like the way he played left guard last year i i would be surprised if they completely gave up on that this early with him uh, and maybe signing a vet to, to kind of provide competition at least gives you a healthy floor there. Um, but, you know, maybe their thought process is they don't want to uh, overinvest in the offensive line, meaning like, you know, drafting a first round pick. Maybe their thought process is, hey, we get a vet in, we have Connor McGovern. And then on top of that, maybe we draft a guy, you know, sure. developmental third or fourth round guy. Uh, that you hope that you know two or three years from now can can c- compete for a starting spot. That's another way to kind of solve that, and then that way you kind of keep your powder dry, draft speaking wise, uh, and and you have kind of open options at 24, so that if something like you know Linderbaum or or someone that you like fell to you, wow. you have the opportunity to take yeah. them as opposed to feeling the need to be forced to take a guard to take that spot. It probably just depends on what they think of Connor McGovern, like. Do they think he can be a starter this year for him? Yeah. Or do they like somebody else? Do they like Matt Farniak to maybe take that spot? Or are they just – maybe they already have a deal kind of lined up. Like, like for example, um, uh, what's the uh, – Andrew Norwell from Jacksonville. Yeah, Norwell. Maybe, maybe they feel like with, with Norwell and McGovern and Farniak and we've got our three tackles that we really like. We've got Josh Ball as our fourth tackle. We're okay on the offensive line. Let's use our resources at receiver, which I don't agree with that, or you know, edge or defense tackle or something like that. I mean, I, th- I think it's, I think it's certainly possible. That that would make some sense, you know. And I think it, getting in a, a Norwell is a guy that I had kind of penciled in as well, right? Like signing somebody huge... like that, right? Yeah, or Austin like, Corbett for the Rams, who you know, kind of like somebody like a journeyman like that. Someone who's like come off a big contract. And it was good, but maybe not worth the huge money that they got, sure. right? That sure. they could give you solid snaps while you're trying to develop someone down roster. That all makes sense to me. I, I do think that, you know, we get myopic about, you know, oh, this is a this is a problem. This is a hole. We have to solve it with the draft. The Cowboys, uh, you know, have done a very good job at, at different points of attacking need multiple yep. different ways. And I, I don't know that we should anticipate anything here. Different yeah, there's also a chance they're just not trying to tip their hand. Maybe they yep. absolutely love Kenyon Green, but they don't – I mean, maybe they already met with him, you know, during the season or something else, and they're trying to uh, – who knows? That's why it's he's, so hard to d- discern anything that you're getting here. He's not part of – like, he can't be part of the Dallas Day situation. I, I don't know if, like, what exactly – if they've changed the rules with that. Yeah. I mean, I know they dropped COVID stuff, so maybe – 
that all comes back like it was before. But either way, uh, Kenny Green, from what I understand, is a Houston kid, or, or I think he's from Humble or something. So like he's not eligible to come in as part of Dallas Day. So and maybe he'll yeah, be a thirty visit, right? M- maybe he'll be a thirty visit, or yeah, maybe what oh, we'll find so- out is that him and Zion Johnson and all these guys are all going to come on a plane with one of the thirty. Well, and here's the thing: maybe, maybe if you. I- because I kind of think the teams have already had to send in their 30 visit requests because they start here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, Hey, we're going to have Zion. We're going to have Kenyon green in. Let's not use one of our 60 formal interviews. Let's talk yeah. to a different position like this one. The Cowboys have met with every top running back in this year's class. They've used a formal visit with Brees Hall with Isaiah Spiller. Um, is that surprising to you? It's not actually. And and frankly, we kind of talked about the idea of this, that let's say you want to start using Pollard in a method that is not just a running back. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's tie that in here. Cause that was, this was another one of our segments. Okay. Um, uh, but let's actually, we'll take a quick break and I'll tell you what John Machota had to say about Tony Pollard. All right. We are back. Uh, let's talk about Tony Pollard who John Machota said the Cowboys' plan is, if they lose Amari Cooper, is to use more of Tony Pollard in the slot with Michael Gallup on the outside. So, again, I, it seems like they're not going to go into the offseason or going to next year without one of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, right? So Gallup mm-hmm. on the outside, CeeDee Lamb on the outside, Tony Pollard in the slot. If that is the case, maybe you do need another running back. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, and and this is something that you and I had talked about earlier in the season is if your plan is to try to use Pollard more, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean as a running back. Like if you want to use him more as a wide receiver, I mean, if you go out and go and watch the playoffs and, and you try to watch, you know, what happened with Debo Samuel, if you're trying to recreate that situation, in my opinion, you're not recreating that situation as much with with uh, with Lamb, as much as everyone wanted to kind of point him yeah, there. I think I it's Tony that. Pollard that's that guy. Right, the guy. Well, that let's remember, thinking. Tony Pollard did this exact role in college. It's not exactly. new to him, right? No, running back was new to him. Yeah, like, running back yeah, was new to him. Yeah, yeah, playing slot receiver—that's old hat for him. Yeah. So I, I think the idea of kind of making him a movable chess piece that means that means that he gets more touches. That means he gets on the field a lot easier. Uh, and if you're going to do that you probably need to reduce your load of him playing running back, especially if something happens to Zeke because, or if you're planning on moving on from Zeke after this year or both, honestly, or both both. because, because what you need for this year is you need running back insurance because if you're, if you're finally going to put Pollard in this special category of, Okay, he's not really a running back. He's just our offensive weapon type guy. He will take some some carries in the backfield. He will catch some passes out wide. But I think you need to remove him from the running back depth chart, right? And because I think that what happens is that if Zeke gets injured, suddenly you're having to change your game plan because you know that you're going to need to give Pollard twice as many touches simply because he's the, the number two running back. When in actuality, what you should be doing and what it sounds like they might be doing is developing a third running back so that Zeke can either take breaks and let this guy take some of the bell cow carries so they're not adding a whole bunch of unnecessary touches to Pollard and then allow Pollard to kind of continue his role while yeah. dealing with a, a kind of guy who's de- getting the, the bell well whether the carry. So you can still kind of continue an offense that you were prepared for all season that includes Pollard moving around to being a, a chess piece. Uh, 
first and foremost, how much do you think Cowboy fans would freak out if they drafted a running back, let's say at pick 56? I'm, I, I, I turn that question to you, sir. How, how much would you freak out if, if the uh, I probably would laugh at this point? I, I probably just be, I, I would find it kind of hilarious, but I, I think the second round is too early. Now, third round, I think that's when you can start having a conversation. And maybe it's one of those things like I buy the really pick at 90 something in the third round. Maybe they go up to 75 and they get a running back that they feel like can be an every down back. I don't hate that. Like, I, I th- that's the range. Where I think it becomes very palatable to take a running back. I mean, you, you have to six with this, the, the amount of needs they have, it feels rich, right? You have to feel okay with it because honestly, like, if the if, if the thought process is that you're going to get rid of Zeke after this following season, and you're not going to try to draft a first or second round running back, then the plan is to draft a down, you know down the draft guy and then yeah. have him ready for the, the year when Z comes Correct. in, not trying to just plug and play, which I agree a with third round rookie. Right? I, I think it's nice to have a running back, know your scheme, yeah. kind of get close to the speed of the NFL. And then year two is when they handle the majority of their carries. Like I understand that running backs can come in and be productive right away. I just don't always know if that's the best way to do it either. Um, I also just want to about this class at the running back position. There's a really good chance we don't have a single running back drafted in the top 45, 50 picks, but you could have five drafted between 50 and 80, right? I kind of think that's the sweet spot. There's some really talented running backs in that group. So if one of those guys does fall in the third round, that's when it becomes appealing, just not at 56. Yeah, and I mean you have to remember what you're what a guy like uh, uh, Zeke Elliott's doing for your offense. You know, he's 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 going to be a huge pass blocker. So uh, and a lot of other kind of the dirty work stuff. So you need a running back who's prepared to do all that stuff. And and that's not someone who you necessarily can draft as a rookie and have a fully formed running back yeah. unless you're drafting in the first or second round. So right. like the, the, right. the point is if you're having, if you need a running back for next year, you probably need to figure, uh, figure out a way to draft someone in the bottom of the first or somewhere in the second round, but that's not necessarily the best way to approach that. The better way is what, what we're talking about, right? Have your running back and then draft the next one while your current running back is yep. still there, but yep. use a later round pick till you have time to develop. I agree. Um, running backs test, I believe tomorrow I, i'm trying to remember i think tomorrow so uh we'll we'll see how how some of those guys test there's a couple of running backs in this class excuse me that are really good athletes and really good runners that just aren't pass protectors yet and i think that's the type of running back the cowboys might be interested in right like if you get a really talented runner in the third round but you just don't want to use them in passing situations yet it's perfect right? Because you've yeah. already got Pollard who can do the, the receiving stuff. you got Zeke who can do the blocking stuff. That's probably the type of running back that you're you're going to be okay drafting with in the third round. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just think that, you know, it makes some sense there. You know, the, like I said, the Cowboys have another guy that they like in Rico Dowdle, uh, but I think that this is, you know, adding another guy here yeah. as a potential option for next season and you know, a little bit this season, I think it makes a lot of sense. Last one. Uh, the Cowboys have met with basically every tight end in this class. Uh, That's not really news because, again, you're going to meet with everybody. Um, But it does make some sense that they're probably going to draft a tight end fairly early. Does that change if they happen to franchise Dalton Schultz? Do you think there's any less interest in drafting a tight end, or do you think there's actually more interest in doing it? I I mean – 
I, I, I don't know that there would be more interest. I mean, unless you have, I, I'd be interested to see why you, you, you would think hypothesize that there might be more interest if they franchise. Uh, well, because uh, I think, I think then, you know, okay, this is a one-year deal. And now, Hey, we can draft a tight end in the third round that maybe has a little bit more upside. We don't have to play them right away. Yeah. Right? I think maybe that changes the type of tight end that you're going after because maybe. if they go into free agency with, or excuse me, the draft with Blake Jarwin, Sean McEwen, and let's say Jeremy Sprinkle kind of feel like you need to get somebody that can play right away. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is why I am, I'm an advocate for, for, for bringing back Schultz. You know, uh, I, I, I think that there's, I don't know, maybe I've forgotten, but I, I mean, I, I see a lot of people on Twitter talking about why would you franchise a guy that, that can't block? And, and I'm like, y'all assumed that he can't block because of that one time that they threw a screen while he was split out wide and he was asked to block a DB in space. That's not exactly the, the normal job of tight end blocking. So I I think that the Cowboys need to have a plan here. They use the tight end regularly in this offense, you know, and I think it's an important piece that people kind of just are forgetting. Uh, so whether they need to draft a guy or they had a franchise Schultz, I, what I don't think that they will or should do is have any plan that that is – you know, Jarwin is your first option. No, I don't and think so. They need a tight end in here. Like I, whether it's drafting a, a high guy or, or signing someone in free agency, they need to improve that position. You know, I, I would say every bit as much as offensive line, you know, and, and we talk about offensive line all the time with this situation. So uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys need to have a plan here. And if it's not uh, franchising Schultz, then, then it needs to be either drafting a guy of signing a guy, a, a decently high-end free agent, maybe not the top-end guys, but somebody decent in free agency or or potentially both. I kind of think both. Um, Kyle Rudolph got cut yesterday by the Giants. Any interest there? To play tight end? Um, yes, yeah, play tight end. Yeah, I mean – I, I don't – I actually don't, I don't hate it because if he's somebody that is your second tight end and you're maybe developing a guy behind him, I don't hate it. He's reliable, I think, in the sense that he can keep an offense going. I mean, he's not going to, you know, he in this offense, he'll have a lot provided for him, I think. Uh, but he's I do a good enough blocker. Yes, he's a good enough blocker. Right. Uh, uh, good enough is probably right where I'd put him, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think it makes sense. You know, it's not the long term solution there. No, but no, no, I think it, as, if you're trying to find a stopgap solution at the position, it's not the worst. There are quite a few of those guys that are good stopgap ones where I would be fine yeah. giving them a one-year deal. Basically, tied me over to the draft, right? Um, I think Jeff Swaim is like at the very bottom barrel of that. Blake Bell is Swaim? at the bottom. Swaim's there? Yeah, you Man. want Jeff Swaim back? Give me Swaim. But not as a starter. You know, I mean, I, you want him I'm as honest... a third tight end, right? Yeah, and that's why I don't think you can sign him. I mean, they still have uh, yeah. a sprinkle on the, on the roster, right? Uh, I think he signed a one-year deal. So if he's not, if you wanted to get a third tight end, man, bring me Swaim Train all, all day. Uh, but yeah, he's not a solution. And and here's the other thing too that I want to – the Cowboys shouldn't go cheap here. Like, you know, like tight end is a very important position to this offense in general. And, and I think it kind of gets looked over. But I do think that they should – you know, they need to have a, a decent player here, especially if the idea is that you're getting rid of someone like Amari Cooper. You know, like yeah. you really need to bolster the rest of your positions and not just remain a status quo because otherwise 
you're really just taking a step back in talent. You're not really doing anything else or advancing the ball on See, offense. That, that's why I would rather pay David Ajoku than Dalton Schultz, though, because you're getting more explosive. You're getting more athletic. And you might be a little bit more inconsistent, but David Ajoku is somebody I think that could actually help improve your offense. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't disagree with that. Like if you, if you're going to go out and get a real explosive playmaker at the position, I'm willing to take a little bit less as a blocker to do so. Uh, But I think for me, that's why I like Schultz is because I know I can get decent blocking or at least what they need for blocking on the edge. And he's a good enough receiver that he can actually make teams pay for the coverage that they're deploying against the wide receivers. I still like the Hayden Hurst option. The, the Cowboys almost drafted him in the first round in 2018. If Van Der Esch would have been off the board, that's who they would have picked. Uh, obviously, I think him and Dak are close after their game in 2020, I believe. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a capable blocker. Gives you a little bit of athleticism down the field. Tight end Has is he been staying healthy? Has he been staying healthy lately? Uh, fairly healthy, like playing 14-ish games a year. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, because that was obviously the the issue early on in his career is yeah. that he was an older prospect coming out and that he dealt with some injuries. He's obviously physically very talented. So uh, that's another guy that I think I would be interested in. Uh, yeah, so 2019 played 16 games, 2016 games. This year uh, he missed three games. So that's that's fine. I'll take fine. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the Cowboys do in free agency, and we'll see what the tight ends look like today at the NFL Combine. Uh, it should be a Good day for them. I think it should be. A, I think every one of them is working out. Uh, all of them in different safe, shapes and sizes. I saw one yeah. tight end came in at two seventy nine. One came <sighs> in at two twenty nine. It's one of the most fascinating positions because you just see so many different, you know, shapes and sizes all the way across the board. So, uh, really, really looking forward to that. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about all the combine stuff that we saw from Thursday afternoon and Thursday evening. We'll talk about some of the measurements for the offensive linemen that come in on Friday morning. Uh, Busy, busy time here on the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We're also on YouTube. Check us out there. Follow Mm -hmm. the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.